How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to Rosenbag Report. We are so excited to bring this episode to you. Opening day starts tomorrow, and we've got a lot to talk about, so let's get into it. This is Rosenbag Report with James Nightingast and Joey Beebe. How's it going, guys? So we're just going to go ahead and go through a number of topics uh, relating to opening day and the 2021 season. So it's finally here. It's been, uh, I read something like I know for the Padres uh, and probably the same for most teams, it's been like 550 something days since people were allowed at ball games. Uh, and the crazy thing is we're going to see an opening day where there are actually going to be people in the stands. So super excited for that. Yeah, I mean. Going, I'm going to a game on a Friday, the day after opening day, so I'm very excited for that. Yeah. Uh, it has been a very, very long time. It's been about a year and a half for most people, so I think we're all ready to go. Players are ready to go. Everyone's ready to go. Yeah, man, I'm fired up for it. So we have, to start off today, uh, MLB.com uh, posted the the uh this article it's titled one bold prediction for all 30 teams so what we're going to be doing is basically we're just going to be going through these a lot of these are kind of out there uh and we're just going to be doing basically like a buy or sell like do we buy this prediction do we sell this prediction uh we'll move we'll go through some of them in depth and some of them will move through kind of more quickly um so they're they're uh, aggregated by division so we're going to start with the al east and so the bold prediction for the blue jays we'll just jump straight into it uh, is that they will make a major trade deadline splash. What do you think? Are you buying or selling? Hmm. Okay, so I think this one does have a little more nuance to it because the Jays are not the clear division winner or not, yeah, they're not clear at the top of the AL East at all. So if they get off to a poor start, they might cut their losses, say pack it up till 2022, save our guys, but if they get off to a hot start and, you know, the Yankees are right there, I don't see how, I don't see how they don't. Yeah, I agree with you. So here's, here's actually my question for you on the topic. If you're the Blue Jays and you're three games behind the Yankees at the break, do you go and just go full, uh, you know, sell all the prospects for some big players and try and just win it all? Hmm. I think their windows... Th- opening so i don't think they need to force it Mm -hmm. like that but it would be really cool to see i agree that would be awesome so yeah we'll see what the blue jays do they're obviously a super exciting team they're already pretty stacked as is as long as they can stay healthy which they're kind of already having some issues with that but we'll we'll see what happens um okay uh the orioles the bold prediction is that six top prospects will debut um so i guess this just depends on how much service time manipulation you think is going to be going on uh, and, and if they're really going to try and develop their prospects in the majors. So what do you think? Do you think they will call up, or do you think they'll call up like at least a large number of prospects this year? Are we going to see like Adley uh, in the majors? Yeah, I'm going to buy it on this one. I don't think they really have any reason not to, especially when you had an entire year where these guys weren't getting experience. So especially, and the AAA isn't starting until like mid-May, so get your prospects up in the league get them started and like you know maybe they're maybe some of them have a good impact on your team and the orioles have could have a much better outlook yeah so i don't i think I they think, should i think for uh baseball in general it would be good to see some of those prospects come up and get some playing time so we'll have to see i i hope they do but you never know um okay so the rays uh this one's kind of general we can go through the, uh some of these pretty quick like i said um randy rosarena and the farm system live up to the hype i guess Maybe I don't know. Uh, I don't think the Rays are going to be a playoff team this year, but I think they'll be th- those young players will be exciting. Wander Franco, Randy Rosarena, um, Vidal Brujan if he comes up. But yeah, I-, I don't really see them being like a playoff team this year. Yeah, I think they're just the Rays are going to Ray. You know, when they need to plug someone in, they're going to, and if that involves this these prospects, mm-hmm. it will. Um, obviously, uh, everyone wants to see a Rosarena somehow duplicate that postseason performance in a way 
So I think we'll all be on the lookout for that. But I don't think uh, there's almost too much hype around the Rays system for me. Yeah, I hear that. Okay, Red Sox, so they got a young prospect, uh, Jaron Duran. And the hot take is that Jaron Duran will take over center field uh, by June. So they have obviously a, a hole in center field with Jackie Bradley Jr. going out. Uh, I don't know how much you've seen of Duran, but do you have anything, any kind of input on this? Uh, unfortunately, I do not know the name Jaron Duran, so I guess I'm going to have to uh, check it out. But it is it is always wild to see that the outfield trio of Benintendi, Bradley Jr., and Betts are all gone, and now that they're basically having to start over. Um, but, I mean, I hope, I hope that for this guy, I hope for Jaron Duran that things work out, and he is up here by June. I don't know if the Red Sox will do that, but I guess we'll yeah, see. Yeah, we can. Uh, you should check some of the spring training uh, highlights because he's actually been doing pretty well. And a lot of the Red Sox young players, they look uh, kind of promising. So we'll see if they can put it together. Um, okay, Yankees to break the single season home run record this year. I don't think okay. so. Especially with all the ball news. Um, I don't think it really had a noticeable impact in spring training but i saw something from uh you know saris where it said that the average ball was down about 10 feet from drag so that's going to have an impact especially in a stadium like yankee stadium where so many small home or like shorter home runs can go out that 10 feet makes a difference um so i don't think so especially you know pitching continues to get better home runs become harder to hit and there's no guarantee that, you know, Glaber, any of those guys stay healthy or repeat their performances. So I Yeah, so. and it'll be interesting to see how the, the quote, like, you know, the new balls uh, affect home runs this year, if they do at all. So we'll, we'll kind of have to gauge that. Right. All right. So on to the next division, middle of the country. We are starting with the Indians. And MLB bold prediction for them is that they will have at least three starters toss 200 innings. Uh, i'm gonna sell that one i don't think very many starters will toss 200 this year in general just because of coming off the short season i think it's going to be really tough for pitchers to uh throw that pitch that type of volume and then you look and you say okay bieber sure definitely reasonable uh and then you got please and saval who are great pitchers um, they don't strike me right now as 200 inning guys. I don't see them as guys who are going to be pitching that type of volume in a season. Um, would I like to see it? Yes. I love Aaron Saval. I think he's going to be a great pitcher in the league. I love Zach Plesak. I love their other guys too. McKenzie, Logan Allen, uh, Cal Quantrill. Um, but I, I don't really see them, uh, going for three players with 200. I, I don't see many teams getting pitchers to 200 innings. Right, and it's almost gotten to this point where, like, if a Cleveland baseball pitcher comes up, it's like we expect them to be, you know, this 200-inning superstar. And it's like not every one of these guys that comes out of this system is capable of doing that, especially with the game that we have right now. And like you mentioned, with the pandemic and everything, like, these guys had such smaller workloads than they're used to and 200 was already super unusual anyway so i just really don't see it happening uh we'll move on to the royals who have an exciting young prospect named bobby witt jr hope you guys have been seeing him during spring training uh they predict he's going to win the al rookie of the year yeah um i'm just gonna sell only because he's not on the opening day roster it's usually tough in a full season to uh, win the Rookie of the Year when you don't start day one. Uh, It's certainly possible because, like, let me tell you guys right now, and I'm sure most of you guys don't even need to hear this, but Bobby Wood Jr. is the truth, man. He has got some big boy pop. He's got an amazing approach at the plate. He's got speed. He's got all the tools needed to be, like, an elite player. And I actually think the Royals are a great team for developing uh, a a young stud like Bobby Wood Jr. And I know some people... (laughs) which just was kind of hilarious to me. I think service time manipulation has kind of been like a hot topic in baseball. So when they decided on sending Bobby Witt uh, to the minors or to the alternate site, basically not putting him on the opening day roster, a lot of people were crying uh, service time manipulation. But you got to – the kid was drafted like all, not even a year ago. Um, so I don't even really see him being in the MLB this year let alone winning AL Rookie of the Year, but he is coming, and when he does come, uh, it's going to be bad news for the AL Central. 
Yeah, I agree. Um, I don't even know if he's seen ABs before, like above double A. So to like, just because that kid had a good spring to put him in the MLB, like, why would the Royals do that? As much as it is service time manipulation and all that stuff, as much as it sucks, like why would they're they? They're in no, they're in no position could... to rush him in either right now. So they can take their time with him, let him develop, and uh, right. I think that's even the best approach. So. I think it's silly to, to chalk this up to quote-unquote service time manipulation, like I said, kind of a trending topic since the whole thing with the Mariners. Uh, but no, they, they are just taking their time with him, and he's going to be a stud when he comes up, but not this year. Yeah, I agree. All right, for the Tigers out in Detroit, we got Miggy joining the 3,000 hit and 500 homer I, I love this one, and I'm just going to absolutely buy because, uh, first of all, I – I love Miguel Cabrera. It's hard not to love Miguel Cabrera, right? He's one of the Yeah, yeah he's one know? of the gems of the sport, man. So I will be I will definitely be rooting for him. So he needs 134 hits this season, which will be tough. Uh, especially if he's gonna like he's gonna need to play most games, which I think he will, but you know, he's a little bit up there, so it'll it'll be uh, time will tell. Um, and he's thirteen home runs away from five hundred, which I think he could feasibly accomplish this season. I would say I like his chances better to hit 500 homers this season than to hit 3,000 hits, but I'm going to go ahead and just say bye. He will hit both, and it'll be amazing. First ballot Hall of Famer, in my opinion, once he gets there. Um, so, yeah, man. Uh, just a, a big Miguel Cabrera fan. Don't have really anything uh, bad to say about the guy. Yeah, how could you not watch, like love watching him, not just as a hitter, but also, you know, just – as a guy messing with people yeah. on the bases and stuff like that, like you got to be rooting for Miguel Cabrera. And I think I agree with you that I think he can pop 13 a lot easier than he can get 134 yep. hits. Um, but I think, you know, I don't know how the Tigers first base game is looking, but it looks like he played 136 games in 2019. So he has the, he has the, chance to go out there and do it so i want to see it all right and this last one i think this or no two more in the al central but i think this one is really funny especially for a contender <laughs> but uh byron buxton playing 140 games for the minnesota twins i am gonna buy and again i'm biased here but i'm gonna buy because first of all i draft this guy every year in fantasy baseball because i just know that once he figures he gets healthy plays a full 162 game season um he's gonna be such a stud in fantasy baseball and the guy's just a freak athlete man i there was one uh play that happened last year that i think was my favorite play of the 2020 season um but basically he hit a walk-off infield single and it was like sharply hit to the third baseman like a routine 99.9 percent .9 of players are going to get thrown out on that play and he just digs it out and it was the greatest walk-off I've ever seen. Screw the walk-off home runs. Screw the walk-off grand slams. What this game needs is more walk-off infield singles. I love it. It was amazing. So, <laughs> so I, I mean, I'm a big fan of Byron Buxton. I'm a, I'm a buy just because I, I'm, I really do want to see what he can do in a full season. Yeah, I mean... It's almost to the point where it's like, do you tell him relax in the outfield so he can play 140 games? But like, I also want to watch him make those highlight reel catches. But yeah, I'm I'm pulling for him too because you don't want to see anyone get hurt and you want to see everyone play as much as they can. So yeah, I'd love to see it. And then our last thing for AL Central is going to be the White Sox going to the ALCS. Are you buying or selling on this last one? Oh, this is, a, this is the toughest one, honestly. Um... I hate to say it because I love the White Sox, but I'm gonna I'm gonna sell this one here. I love the White Sox. I love their young talent, uh, but I don't see them being taking the next step in the playoffs this year. Um, I see them as like a wild card team most likely, um, and then probably make it to the divisional series. But I think there is a there is some, uh, there are some teams in the AL that are that are a good matchup for them, and I think it's going to be difficult for the White Sox, especially if they can't keep their their stars healthy. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and sell on a ALCS appearance. Although I would love to see the White Sox in, in the World Series. Yeah, I think I agree with you. They're 
They already are down Eloy, and they're kind of just one injury away from being a much, much different mm-hmm. team. So that's just really scary when you're talking about a team that's supposed to be a division yeah. winner. Okay, so we'll move on now to the AL West. So we've covered two divisions out of the AL West. This is a fun one. I know, James, you'll love answering this one. But we are asking if the – or we, our hot take, our bold prediction is that the Angels will win the division. So – what are your thoughts as a totally unbiased uh, <laughs> observer? <laughs> um, so I think this will shock everybody, but I'm a sell. I don't wow. think they – I – I'm kind of like – the Angels are kind of like the Mets of the AOS where like just things just always, always, always go wrong. So yeah. I'm going to – I try to – hold back my optimism as much as I can, as much as I love watching Bundy and Otani and for those deeper cuts like Canning and Heaney and Quintana and Cobb and like Chris Rodriguez just made the team. So, and like we just revamped our entire bullpen. So pitching is like moving in the right direction, but we still don't have that like true front of the line guy unless Otani can stay healthy. Um... And I think when we get into games in like late August and September, that's going to end up hurting us because the lineups are going to be a lot more legit at the end of the year. And I don't know. I just like the Angels are kind of always that team where like a lot of things have to go right. And I'm skeptical of being too optimistic about those things. All right. Well, I'll talk about it later, but I'm, I'm buying this one. I like the Angels this year. We'll talk about it a little bit later in the pod. Um, but I like the Angels to to win their division this year. I just have a feeling. Plus, it's easy to root against the Astros. So, yeah. Which That's which of course true. that brings us to our next prediction, which uh, is Jose Altuve winning the AL batting crown. What are we thinking, James? I think I'm a sell on this one too. His 2020 was just bad, even though he kind of had a resurgence season, yeah. in the postseason. Um, but I mean, like fans are back in the stands, bro. And like, if you were taking it hard when like people were just bullying you online, like, unfortunately people are about to bully you in person all the time. It's going to get ugly. The entire game. Yeah. It's going to be bad. And like, as much as the players have let it go, the fans haven't really gotten a chance to let it go. So like, I just feel like there's going to be so much outside pressure on like him and kind of the more veteran uh, guys on that team, like Correa, Gurriel. I don't think Brantley was there when stuff was happening. So um, I don't think so. I just think there's too much going on for him to like keep a level head and have a good season. Okay. Yeah, I agree with you. All right. Um, moving on to the Oakland Athletics. This is a interesting one. Matt Olson to win the AL MVP <laughs> award. Hmm. Dude, these AOS takes are yeah, they're, awful. They're, they're pretty spicy, dude. Um, as much, even if I'm down on the Angels for winning the playoffs, I am not down on the best player in baseball. So I am gonna sell and say that Mike Trout wins yep, AOS all the way. Spoiler for later in the pod. Yeah, Trout all the way. But um, sorry, Olson, you haven't had a season where you really hit like for average power. Yep on base percentage like yeah I we got it we got to put together a 250 season if we're going to be in the mvp discussion which i don't even know if he really can be that kind of hitter um okay yeah he had one one 267 season and that's the highest yeah ever so that's gonna gonna be pretty tough to win the al mvp when you're gonna be like batting your batting average is gonna be in like the 50th percentile of all hitters okay uh right. here's a fun one again uh going back to the mariners and their uh whole uh, service time thing. Kalenic to win the AL Rookie of the Year award. What do you think? I dang these AL West takes. I haven't agreed yeah, with I, one. Don't blame uh, you. I think it. I think it's going to be his teammate. I think it could be more likely to be his teammate from everything I've heard. Who or uh, Julio Rodriguez? Yep. I think he's more likely to break out and just go off. And it seems like Kalenic's kind of like a big flash guy which i wonder if you know things get to his head he starts going bad like continue you know spiral and all that 
So I'm a sell. What do you think about yeah, this Yeah, I agree with you. And even Julio Rodriguez, I don't think either of them are on the opening day roster. So surprise, surprise. Um, but yeah, it, again, I think the AL, the the big standout for me is that like Rosarena is still qualified as a rookie. And I think uh, he's got way too much major league experience. It'll be his to lose, in my opinion. Uh, I love Kellenic. I love Julio Rodriguez. I'm a little bit higher on Julio Rodriguez, but I don't see either of them really having a legit shot at the Rookie of the Year. But I think in 2022, definitely guys to keep your eye on because they are their studs. Okay, uh, Rangers, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa winning the Gold Glove Award at shortstop this year. Because he, he apparently, so let me give you a little bit of backstory on this. Fangraphs dropped their positional power rankings at shortstop and uh, they did not rank Kiner Falefa very kindly uh, at that position. <laughs> and and he retweeted it. He said, this is going in my locker. I'm going to use this for motivation. I wonder who led the AL in defensive war last year. Well, hint, hint, nod, nod. He led the AL in defensive war last year. Um, look, I don't watch a lot of the Rangers, but, you know, wh- what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, like, even though they're in – the division my team is in. I don't watch much Rangers. But dude, baseball like the thing is, either. like shortstop, man. You think at shortstop, there's so many good defensive shortstops. Like, dude, the thing is, though, they're all in the NL. If you think about it, yeah. Story, Tatis, Lindor. Uh, I'm forgetting a really good. The only like powerhouse shortstop in the AL, I feel like, is kind of Correa. He's not, like, a great defensive player either. He's solid, but I don't think he's, exactly. like, standout. So, who knows? Maybe he could, but, I mean, again... The door is open, but I'm not very, like... I'm not looking out for this. Yeah, not, I'm not going to be uh, be locked in on this one, probably. Um, okay. Yeah, All go right. ahead. Got the National League East next for you. We're starting with the three-time defending champs, the Braves... Uh, Ian Anderson and Christian Pache finish 1-2 in Rookie of the Year battle. I love Christian Pache, man, uh, but I think he's got a lot more upside on defense than at the plate. He still has a lot to show at the plate. So I think until we kind of see what kind of hitter he is, I'm not really comfortable putting him in the like a very high in the Rookie of the Year discussion. Although I, I do love Pache, and I think he's a stud. Um Ian Anderson, I think, could easily finish top in the Rookie of the Year because, I mean, the guy's got disgusting stuff if last season is anything to go off of. Um, I think these are two guys that I'm interested in, but I'm not going to really put them very, like, super high on my Rookie of the Year predictions for the NL. Uh, I agree with you for Pache. I think he does need – he needs to develop more of a track record with the bat, show us a little Mm -hmm. more. Ian Anderson though he has a shot he's he's kind of like he's kind of like a almost like a dark horse Cy Young for me like I think he, I think he has it in the tank bro especially if they let him go full season but yeah so I th- I'm high on Anderson but I don't know about Pache all right we'll move on to the bottom feeders and MLB wants to know if we think they're gonna reach the postseason again so the Marlins um no uh, <laughs> I don't think the Marlins will be sniffing the postseason this year. They'll be a fun team to watch, though. So I love all the Marlins fans out there. I love Marlins, but uh, I don't really see them being a postseason team unless we expand the playoffs. Let's Hell, let's make it 10 teams this year. Why not, right? Let's let everybody in. <laughs> Might as <Yeah>. well. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they're fun, but their division's tough, and I just don't see them squeaking out of there. All right. On to the Mets, which we have some more news to cover on them later. But uh, Jacob deGrom produces his best se- season ever. Uh, you know what? It's funny. I feel like deGrom this year, like, everybody is really, 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 like, buying deGrom this year. Um, and he's been, like, an elite pitcher for the last three years. But all of a sudden, like, everyone's kind of woken up to this. Um I do not think DeGrom will match his 2018 uh, season. I think he had a 1.7 ERA that season, which (laughs) that's pretty hard to top. Um, It will not be his best season ever, but it will probably be still be good enough for a Cy Young. So there's not, there's no shame in in producing a, a season that's second to his best season. 
right like that's that's kind of like trout where it's like damn like it's just mvp or second in mvp yeah, the bar's too like, high right um i think i'm a buy on this one just because i continually see his velocity ticking up like he was at 102 in spring starts and apparently was not at max effort his slider is going from like 90 to 94 mm-hmm. so he be he is every in like every sense of the word elite and then like adding another level on top of that so i unless like god forbid there's an injury i just don't see someone doing it better than him for 162 yep nationals on to the nationals in dc we got soto winning the mvp award in the nl so here's the thing soto has the talent obviously to win the mvp uh the problem is the nationals are not a playoff team in my opinion and if you're not on a playoff team well okay mike trout has won multiple mvps not being on a playoff team but the difference is mike trout is the uh, ultimate five tool player uh and if Soto is going to continue to be, like, he is a liability as a defensive player, right? So if he's going to be a liability as a defensive player and he's not going to offer, like, above average uh, base running ability and he's not on a playoff team, uh, I think it'll be really difficult for him to get into the MVP discussion. Now, he could just go and bat, like, 340 next season and hit, like, 55 tanks and then uh, I will look like a fool. Because nobody's going to care about what he did on the base pass or in left field uh, if, if his stats are looking like that. But I think he will literally have to have an otherworldly um, showing at the plate this year, which he's totally capable of, um, in order to win this award. Because I don't see the Nationals as a playoff team. And I think it's hard. Like The MVP award has to be a little narrative-based. And I think it'll be hard to kind of win the narrative with a, a guy who is not really on a team that contends. Right, yeah. I kind of agree with you where he's not, like, he doesn't have the speed that Trout has. Like, when Trout first came up, he was stealing 40 bags. You know, he he doesn't really get outfield assists, and, like, Trout worked on that and, like, ended up getting becoming a better defender, even though they don't really like him now, but at one point. Um, Soto's kind of, like, a very bat-first, like, left fielder, and now he's going to be a right fielder, yep. so his defensive war is going to be even worse than it would have been before. So he has to put up 2020 numbers, numbers that he put up in 2020 for an entire 162. And if he does that, he deserves the MVP, but I just don't see it happening. Like, they were absurd numbers. He was at, like, almost a 500 on-base percentage. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, he, he, he has, like, the ability to be one of the greatest hitters of all time, but we'll see. Yep. All right, and then <laughs> the ever fourth place Phillies, do they go for it in no, July? Um, they won't because uh, they've just kind of shown to me now that they just don't really have the balls to do it, honestly. Um, <laughs> and look, going forward in July is all well and good. Now, here's one thing about the Phillies that I like. They definitely improved their bullpen. Uh, also, Sir Anthony Dominguez, if he's healthy this year, I like Sir Anthony Dominguez. Uh, they got Archie Bradley in the bullpen. I know there's somebody I'm missing, but they've improved their bullpen, which is going to help a lot. Uh I don't think they'll be close enough in the race in the East to warrant a big splash on the deadline. Uh, and also, they seemed like a team that was really, really like crying poor last season during the, the whole pandemic. So uh, for those reasons, I'm probably just going to say no, that they will not probably make a big splash at the deadline. I mean, yeah, when you're owner comes out and makes a false statement that you lost two billion dollars yeah, like mm-hmm. it's pretty hard for me to believe you're gonna go for it unless you were in the front of the race in july which i don't see happening either okay um so great now we're on to the nl central we got two more divisions to go uh these these takes get even better um so next take is uh our prediction is christian yelich hitting 60 homers what do you think? <laughs> this might be the most wild take on this yeah. list. Um, I don't know. Has he hit above forty? I don't know. In his MVP years, did he hit above? I don't. 40? I don't. I don't he think might he have has. in twenty nineteen, but I'm not sure. 
Okay, yeah, no. Yeah. Especially after last season, there's no way. <laughs> like, he, he just needs to correct last season. Don't worry about him hitting 60 Yeah, balls. let's get him back to where he was first before we start setting the bar to this high. But again, you know, these are bold predictions. So uh, the guy even acknowledges that in his little uh, in the little paragraph underneath that prediction. He's like, he says, hey, the, the instructions shoot. said bold. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, all right, we'll, we'll give him that one. All right, uh, Cardinals, again, uh, this is a fun one, but I, I I think you have to be a little romantic. Uh, Adam Wainwright gets NL Cy Young Award votes. What do you think? I mean, yeah, I could I could buy it. Me too. Um, yeah. I think I think this is kind of something we talked about before we started recording, but this is kind of one of those like inconsequential ones where it's like okay, like yeah, I mean he gets MVP award. Right. I mean uh, Cy Young awards like what whatever like. He could. He could. Yeah. Have, like, did he win? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I mean, did he win the award? Did the Cardinals get to the playoffs? But like, I mean, yeah, he could. Yeah, I think. It, Definitely I think not going to say that Adam Wainwright. Could he not. could have a good season. I mean, at 40 years old, it's pretty impressive that he's still going. So, I mean, he's got that going for him. Okay. Um, That's true. Next, the Cubbies. Uh, Javi Baez winning NL MVP. So, can Javi Baez go and put himself back in the shortstop conversation? Because it feels like. He's probably the guy who suffered the most from like the golden age of shortstops that have kind of come through the next uh, the last like two or three years. Yeah, I just think his K percentage is just so high. He just strikes out so much. Um, he's kind of turning like he was, you know, always a great defender, but he's almost turning to a defense first guy for me. Um, but. Obviously, I want to see Baez prove me wrong because when he's going good, that's good for baseball. So, yeah, I agree. With um, kind of, kind of the same thing as Wainwright, where it's like I hope he gets votes because you know if that's if he's doing well, that's good for baseball. But it's like in the grand scheme of things, seems very inconsequential. Yeah, I think that's fair. Okay, Pirates. So Cabrian Hayes is probably the favorite to win the Rookie of the Year, um, in the NL, at least right now. But could we see him? get votes for even the MVP award? Is it possible? Dang, these last three are kind of the same. Um, I think yes, but there's so much competition at third base, it might be hard for him to stick out yeah. among that at that position. If, you, if you've know what i mean yeah definitely a lot of good third baseman around. i mean like third and short is like the most stacked position in the mlb at the moment in my opinion um so it'll be tough but dude there's a chance that cabrian hayes could be like one of the best uh third baseman at least at the plate this season but uh, again the the bar is very high for him this year so we'll see um okay yeah cincinnati reds eugenio suarez to hit 55 homers okay so they, they dropped the bar down a little bit for eugenio who i I would probably think would hit more home runs than Yelich, honestly, if I had to guess. But what do you think? Can Eugenio? Let's say, let's make it reasonable. Can Eugenio hit fifty home runs this season? I think, especially after last season with the Reds being like such an abysmal offense, even though they should have been so good, I think he's due. So I can see okay. it. Okay. Yeah, I think so too, man. I think he's. Uh, I think he's a great power hitter, and I, I hope the Reds' offense picks up because they got a lot of talent in there. Hundred percent. Got him in both my fantasy drafts, so I sure hope so. <laughs> All right, and on to the last division, Joey's favorite oh, yeah. division, the NL West. Starting off with the D-backs, are they making the playoffs? I'm sorry, you just you have to laugh a little bit. I, yeah. I will totally take all the abuse from you guys if I have to eat my words on this, but the D-backs will not make the playoffs. You have my word. Go slap $1,000 on it at your local uh, sports book. The Diamondbacks are not going to make the playoffs. Uh, this division is loaded. This uh, The National League is loaded. I, I don't see them having any chance. And Zach Gallen is hurt for the whole season. Like, dude, no. No. Yeah, your best pitchers hurt. What do you do? Hairline fracture in his Something finger. Something like that. But he's in um, trouble. Yeah, and their lineup, meh. Very meh. Almost like... Sorry, D-backs fans, but almost like unwatched to the point where it's unwatchable. Yeah, definitely. I agree. 
They, and I see a lot of the DVAC man every year. They're, uh, they were not an uh, exciting team last year. Right, yeah. All right, on to the juggernaut of MLB. Do the Dodgers win 110? Dude, I hate to say this, but I really do think that they probably will. I think the Dodgers, they could break like regu- like a lot of regular season records this year. They are uh, insanely loaded. Um, and it's crazy how much Mookie Betts has elevated them as a franchise. 110 is a lot of games to win, though. But if they go on the same pace or the same ratio of wins to losses they had last season, they should be positioned to do it. So I'm just going to go ahead and say that, yeah, I'm buying it. I think they will. Yeah, I mean, you add Mookie Betts, and as much as we don't like him, Trevor Bauer, I, yeah. Yeah. They're the best team in baseball. And I just like, like, if you, like, go for the under on this one, I just feel like you're just asking to, like, get word shoved in your face. (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, On to, up to the Bay uh, Giants. Logan Webb emerges as the Giants best starter so no, i do not know oh, much about logan webb but what I, you I love this one because logan webb is actually a guy that i think is really he's a really great player um he struggled a little bit in in the majors so he has like an era over five um and that's in two major league seasons where he hasn't he hasn't pitched like a ton but dude he's looked amazing in spring training he's got good stuff like he's got the stuff to be a top of the rotation pitcher and uh, like I'm not I'm not entirely clear on the Giants' current pitching situation, but I I know that I like Logan Webb a lot. He's got some strikeout stuff. Uh, he's an exciting pitcher. He's got a, a nice mix of pitches. Um, his changeup is disgusting. So, I mean, I would be rooting for him. I think he could totally be their best starter this year. So, yeah. I'd like to see it. I mean, you know, you have Kevin. Gossman and Johnny Cueto, they're getting a little older, so let the new guard come in, change the team up a little yeah. bit. Let's see it. All right, we're on into our last two teams. This is going to be Joey's favorite to talk about. Yeah. Do the Padres set the franchise win record So at let me, 98 wins or more? Yep, so let me just give you guys a little backstory. So the Padres, they've sucked most of their, uh, most of their existence, right? And then one day... God came down and put Tony Gwynn on this earth to play for the San Diego Padres. And the Padres were a, were a poverty franchise, right? And they, and Gwynn, he didn't even care. He just played. He didn't want the contract or anything. He was born and raised San Diego. San Diego State alum. He wanted to play in San Diego. And we had two seasons, one which I, I believe was his rookie season or at least close to his rookie season. Um, and he, was, he basically carried us to a playoff uh, or a World Series in 1984, got swept by the Tigers. Uh, and then in 1998, near the end of his career, carried us to the World Series, ran into the greatest Yankees team of all time, maybe, and got swept in four games. Um, and all of this is to say, man, the Padres are like, they're a different team now. We are not, uh, we're not a small market team anymore. With all of the, with the Chargers leaving San Diego, uh, with, with the kind of void having to be filled by just the Padres, We've invested so much money in this team. This is the best Padres team on paper I've ever seen. And I believe me, I've had to live through some disgustingly bad uh, lineups and rosters. Uh, I could name a ton of guys who are just random people who amounted to nothing but just played on the roster. Uh, I think we will win 100 games this year. I'm hoping for it. I think we have the pitching to do it. I think our lineup is one of the best in baseball. Um, I think this is the season where... It might be tough to win the World Series, but hey, the Dodgers have some some tough contract situations coming up at the end of this season, and uh, the window is open in my opinion. But I think it could be completely like uh, we might complete completely bust through it by next season, if not this season. So I will say yes, we will we will smash the franchise record this year. Yeah, I mean that lineup, like the fact that you're gonna have. You're gonna, you're, or Tingler's gonna get to choose between Cronenworth or like Hassan Kim, who is one of the best players in yep. the Korean league. And like, he's gonna pick per day, like, if one of those guys starts. And like, Cronenworth could have been an all star last mm. year. Kim, it's his first year in the States, but he's been legit in the KBO for a while now. Yeah. And like, then you look at, you know, the rest of the starters, not to mention Tatis and 
Machado, but you look at Pham and Grisham and Myers and Hosmer and wow. Yeah. Just like, just wow. It could be, I mean, the stars will have to perform. I think the Padres will be as good as their star players perform, which sounds like obvious, but you need the star players to do what they do. You need the U Darvishes, the Blake Snells, the Machados, the Tatises to do what they do. Right. All right. And our last team for these predictions is the Rockies, and they want to know if CJ Crone has found You know home. what? Like, people will laugh at this, man, but I really do like CJ Crone as a player a lot, man. And last year... He was on my squad for a long oh, time. Oh, yeah. Last year, he was my uh, my fantasy sleeper, and it was going so well until he got injured. Um, but look, man, CJ Crone, if he can stay healthy, he could be an, on an absolute tear in Coors Field. I love him as a hitter. Um, not like the, the most amazing first baseman ever, but again, first base is not like a premium position or anything, so it doesn't it's it's not entirely relevant. But dude, in Coors Field, he could wreak some havoc. And like I hope he gets his career back on track, man, because it's not because he's not a good enough player. It's just that he's been struggling so much with injuries lately. Uh, but I still th- I still think there's a real solid big leaguer in there. So I, I mean I hope for the best for him. I really like the guy. I agree. I mean, it just seemed like there was just like one level that he couldn't unlock in yep. OC, and as soon as he as soon as he left, like he started killing it for I think it was the Twins and the Rays, and now he's now he's on the Rockies. And I mean, like, dude, you're a power hitter and you're playing in a high altitude spot. Like, go off. Yep. Like, I hope I see you go off. Um, for like the worst run franchise <laughs> in baseball. Yep. Like, that's that's one storyline that I can look to, at least. Okay, awesome. So that's all 30 teams. That uh, that was a lot of fun. I think we got to cover, like, the nice thing is we got to cover all the teams. Everybody who watches gets to see their team be represented in conversation. Sorry if you were a Diamondbacks fan and we just scoffed at your team, but, you know, uh, you guys will be good eventually at some point. Um, okay, so we have a couple of questions for each other. Uh, we'll go through those quickly, and then we'll go through very quickly – our NL and AL um, awards and predictions. So let me go ahead and start off with uh, my question for you. Uh, and I think we'll, we'll probably do two of these. We'll, we'll each do two of these. Um, I'm going to ask you who has the best duo on the hot corners, third and first base? Okay, so we talked about this a little bit before the show and i don't think we mentioned them until later which is Mm kind of crazy but i think i'm gonna have to go up in oakland uh with chapman and olsen um i think the past i think 2020 wasn't maybe great for this duo wasn't fantastic chapman was injured olsen scuffled a little bit um but these guys are perennial all-stars they're amazing defenders they're incredible hitters and they're both on the same infield on the corners. Um, I think they'd have to be my favorite. I think an honorary mention for me, like we, we kind of mentioned earlier, would be uh, Goldschmidt and Arenado. But what do you think? Yeah, I think uh, I think you're spot on. I'm going to go ahead and I'm just going to lock in a duo that I really like, which is Yohan Moncada and Jose Abreu. So that's going to be mine. Uh, kind of, I guess, kind of out there. Uh, but I love those guys. So, yeah. Okay. Your turn. Question for me. One quick note on Moncada, though. Uh, especially after last year, you know, he dealt with COVID yeah. and everything. I think he's really primed to break out kind of back to, like, 2019 oh, yeah. levels. So I'm really rooting yeah, for him, for sure. Too. I love that guy, man. The guy hits the ball hard. He hits the ball hard. I don't mm. know if you saw, just on a quick side note, I don't know if you saw that home run he had against, I think it was Yardley on the uh, Brewers. I think he hit that ball legitimately, mm-hmm. like, 500 feet. It went to another, it landed in another different ballpark. It was ridiculous. It literally landed in like in their like practice was, fields, and he had just fouled the ball off his leg right before. Too. Yeah, the guy Crazy. hits the ball freaking hard. So yeah, I, I love that guy. Yep. All right. Speaking of young guys who hit the ball mm-hmm. hard, which of this trio—Tatis, Acuna, or Soto—will have the most production in twenty twenty one? Dude, this is such a tough question. You know, you know, Tatis is my boy. Um, I really do think, though, pure production, all variables accounted for, 
Uh, and it's funny because this guy has kind of fallen to the bottom of this debate, it seems, in every discussion. But I think Acuna is still the most valuable of those three players. Um, I think a lot of people have kind of ranked it like the most people that I see say Soto, then Tatis, then Acuna. And I think they're all very close. I think Soto really appeals to people with just the, the skills with the bat. But look how much Acuna gives you. And he plays an extremely premium position on defense. Um so you have a premium position on defense, a guy who can have a 40-40 season. He showed that he can. He, he had a 40-40 season. Uh, so he can steal the bases. He can hit the long ball. He plays a premium defensive position well. I mean, he is the most uh, well-rounded of those three players, in my opinion. If Even though he may not be the most exciting because we love the Tatises of the world. We love the Sotos of the world. Uh, guys who just mash. But I, I would say for my money, Acuna is going to be the most valuable of those three. That is not what I thought when I was writing this question earlier. That is not who I thought you would yeah. pick. But yeah, definitely. I, I, I think I'm going to agree with you just because that kind of that same angle you talked about where it's like, okay, I think all three of these guys can beat me with the bat. And I think Tatis has a pretty good chance of beating me on the base paths, but so does Acuna. And then I think as far as defensively, like Acuna has had the best track record, you know, Tatis, he's amazing, but he has a little bit, just that tiny bit of a throwing air problem. And like, that's yeah. not really a big thing for an outfielder. So I kind of agree with you or like, and the problem, the knock on Soto is he's not playing a premium or he's playing a premium position at an abysmal level. Like, yeah right field you know you want your one of your best defenders best bats and he has that best bat covered but you know where's that arm in right field to make that throw to third base where Acuna has that from center or right field depending on if Pache is playing and obviously Tatis isn't going to be leaving from shortstop so I think for me it's kind of almost opposite where like as in total value it's kind of like a tie between Acuna and Tatis and I have Soto in the back just because of like he's bat first in my eyes at least so i'm actually going to switch up the question on you because there's just been some news announced so <laughs> literally at the last minute the uh mlb has announced no dh in the nl okay so my question to you kind of putting you on the spot here but it's just like a fun question what pitcher yeah. are you most looking forward to seeing hit or what pitcher would you most like to see take some cuts in the mlb again because there are some pitchers who rake in the nl right there's madison bumgarner mm -hmm. Brandon Woodruff is in a slouch at the plate. Um, Adam Wainwright. Adam Wainwright. So are there any pitchers that you'd like to see, even if there's some guy like guys who maybe suck with the bat, but like, are there any pitchers that you might be, even be excited to see uh, take some cuts this mm, year? I feel like I kind of have like a one, like I have like a, a, I know he's like an AL pitcher, yeah. but I feel like seeing Blake, or no, no, he's not. Okay, so my bad pick, because they're going to be funny and they're going to be so bad. Is Blake Snell? Oh yeah, he looked. I saw he him. He terrible in spring training. He's making all these faces. <laughs> he looks like a kid at Chuck E. Cheese, man. He looks so excited to be up there, and then he goes and just looks at three pitches, and then walks back to the dugout. Yeah, like that meme on Twitter has been fantastic, oh, so and I saw it live during spring training. So, so like, it was just—it's so funny. Mm -hmm. Um, and then. Dude, I just like, I feel like we haven't talked about pitchers hitting well in so long. So I feel like I'm just going to have to go with the old guy, Wainwright. Like, I just want to see the 40-year-old man take some good swings. That would be that would be nuts. Can you imagine Bush Field, if uh, Bush Stadium, if he uh, gets a base hit in his age 40 season? Oh, man, they'd go nuts. All right, awesome. So, go, yeah. so kind of pulled that one out of nowhere, but uh, I thought it was a fun question just because I saw the news right now that <laughs> very, very uh, MLB of them to decide at about 10 p.m., 12 hours yeah. <laughs> 12 hours before the season Look, guys starts. i know you guys are probably already asleep for your game tomorrow but like when you wake up you'll get the memo that there's no dh so uh jeez man <laughs> it's terrible all right and then so for the second question we're going to transition from a fun question to a little bit of a more like trend in baseball but uh will home runs and strikeouts the rates at which they happen continue to rise in 2021. Yeah, I think they will. Um, and I think a lot has been said about the balls and stuff, but like one thing that's also it should be talked about is uh, the apparently, and I'm not sure how this is going to be enforced because, you know, the MLB sucks enforcing rules generally. 
Um, but apparently, you know, all the all the foreign substances that the pitchers have been using are going to be toned down, and I think that's going to benefit the pitchers a lot because you're going to see there are some guys, <coughs> Trevor Bauer. <coughs> oh, sorry. Okay. Um, <laughs> who their spin rates have jumped by like 500 uh, RPM in one season, which is crazy to me. I wonder how that – you must just be putting in a lot of work in the offseason. Um, totally. Uh, but, yeah, so – Filing them fingers Yeah, you down, know, just, just – just uh, yeah. the drag. Uh, but my, po- <laughs> my point being that, like, you know, he there's going to be kind of a disadvantage for the pitchers now in, in that sense. And uh, I know the balls have changed, but – we are so deep in the three true outcome style of baseball, uh, which for those of you guys who don't know, the three true outcomes are strikeout, walk, and home run, right? So those are the three true outcomes. And basically teams are just trying to optimize home run potential and walks to get guys on base and then get them on base for your home run hitters who are just going to strike out 40% of the time. But when they make contact, they're going to hit it hard. They're going to hit with the correct launch angle. And so... I was telling James about this earlier. You're kind of starting to see disappear, and this has already been happening for a while. The pure hitters, like the uh, the Tony Gwynns of the world, uh, and and even more recently, uh, you think of Arias on the Twins, just a pure contact hitter. Complete Fletcher. Fletcher, David Fletcher, of course, 100. How could I forget? That guy's a beast. But those type of hitters are kind of starting to be pushed out a little bit. Which you can't push out Fletcher because that guy's gonna hit like three. Four, he's gonna get on base like with a, a three eighty clip, which you can't you can't get, push that guy off a team. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, honestly, man, I I don't like it so much. I would prefer uh, to have uh, a league where there's some some more finesse at the plate. But this is the sport that we're playing now, and the home run is an exciting play, so you can't really complain. I think we will continue to see a lot more home runs and a lot more strikeouts. I think so. I think someone's gonna break the Twins' record of 307 home runs. Uh, somebody's gonna break that record. Probably will be the Yankees if they stay healthy, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's at the point where like MLB is gonna have to do some legislating, so like to change things, because otherwise we're just gonna get to a point where like like you said, it literally does become three true outcome baseball. Yeah, so I hope thing hope things change. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on to a lighter note though we did want to give you guys our division picks but we know that that is normally a very long form discussion and this podcast has been going on for a while already um so we were wa- or i was watching a foolish baseball video this morning shout out yesterday shout out to foolish yeah. baseball bailey he's the one of the best uh, content creators for baseball out there check him out if you have not seen him um but he did a speed run for all his division picks um so we're going to do the same um joey do you want to go first i'll give you a countdown and then okay. you can go i have these written down but i just know i'm gonna i'm gonna stutter under the pressure but okay am i doing national league or american league or am i doing all of them uh, you can do both. Okay, do both. so I'll do National League and then my predicted winner of the National League and then American League and my predicted winner. Okay, tell me when to go. All right, three, three, two, one, Okay, go. National League winners. Dodgers in the West. Um, Cardinals in the Central. See, I'm already choking. Um, <laughs> Braves in the East. Padres and Mets get the wild card spots. Padres win the NL. AL, I got the Angels. I got the Twins. I got the Yankees winning their division. Then in the uh, wild card, I have the, gosh, who was it? It was the Blue Jays and the White Sox. And then I have the Yankees going to the AL championship and winning and representing the AL in the finals or in the World Series. Perfect. All right. I mean, I feel like that was pretty good. That was was pretty fast. I tried my best. All right. Let's, (laughs) Let's toss it over to you now. Whenever you're ready. All right. I'm ready. Go. All right. So we got in the NL, we got the Dodgers in the West, Brewers in the Central, Braves in the East, Wild Card 1, Padres, Wild Card 2, Mets in the AL. We got the Astros in the West, Twins in the Central, and Yanks in the East. Jays take Wild Card 1, Angels take Wild Card 2. Uh, I think the Braves win the NL pennant and the Yanks win the AL pennant. All right, so now the moment of truth. Who's your World Series champion at the end of 2021? I think the team down from Georgia is going to take it in seven. I think that would be a lot of fun. I would love a Braves-Yankees series. But what I would love more 
is a Padres-Yankees series, which is what I'm predicting. I'm predicting that the Padres will shock the world. Tatis, Machado, take over in the playoffs. The pitching staff uh, will be healthy, uh, will do their thing. And I'm predicting the Padres to win in six games versus the Yankees in the World Series. So there you have it. We both got NL teams in there. I think I think the NL is the stronger division right yeah, now. I think they probably I think they probably are. Uh, it's it's hard to find yeah. a lot of like really high tier AL teams outside of the Yankees. They're kind of like in a tier of their own, I think. Right, yeah. All right. And speaking of tier of their own, we wanted to talk about some awards. Um I can start. I'll start with the uh NL. So I'm going to start with the MVP. Mm-hmm. Think the Dodgers shortstop Corey Seager. Um, I've just he just went off in the World Series last year. He has had such a hot spring. I don't know if I've ever seen a hotter bat in my life besides Mike Trout. I'd want to see him win it. Uh, Degrom, I think, is winning the Cy. That's the easiest pick on this list. I yeah, think 100%. if you don't have Jacob, if you don't have Jacob Degrom winning a Cy Young, come on now. Um, like we talked about earlier, Rookie of the Year, I'm going to go with Cabrian Hayes. He's just got so much hype around him, and I just want to see it happen. Uh, and then Reliever of the Year, he won it. I think he won it last year, or did he win Rookie of the Year last year? Or both? Devin Williams? Whatever he did. Yeah, yeah we're going to go with Devin Williams year. for reliever of, the, reliever of the Year. Okay. Uh, I'll just run through mine real quick. MVP, Manny Machado. Uh because I think the Potters will win the World Series and Machado will be the most valuable player on that team. Uh, Rookie of the Year, I'm going with Cabrian Hayes, but I'm going to take a honorable mention and a flyer on Dylan Carlson. I think Carlson might be in the discussion by the end of the season if he puts things together. Cy Young, DeGrom has to be the favorite, but I will say, again, because I want to make these fun, I'll say Flaherty has a really good chance at the Cy Young as well. Um, so I, I like Jack Flaherty. I think he'll he'll have a great season. He he will be up there. Um, reliever, I'm going with the same guy, Devin Williams. I just love the guy. He's awesome. His swagger, uh, the way he commands his pitches, uh, he's just a total package, man. I I hope he has another great season because he is a lot of fun to watch. He makes pitching legitimately fun to watch. Okay, and I'll go over my AL. I guess I'll take the uh, lead on the AL, and then you can go ahead and give yours. Um. So for the AL, I got Trout winning the MVP. What's new? The guy's the best player in baseball. Uh, He will continue to be the best player in baseball. Rookie of the year, well, this guy's actually eligible, and I think he has the best chance just because of his major league experience. I'm going with Randy Rosarena uh, to win AL Rookie of the Year because, again, he is eligible for that award this year. Cy Young, this is kind of where I kind of deviate a little bit. My Cy Young winner in the AL is Hyunjin Ryu. I think he will win the Cy Young. I think he will have probably the lowest ERA in the AL. Um, and if the Jays are a good team, he will be up there in the discussion, and I think he should have a legitimate shot at the award. Reliever, I think me and James are also in agreement on this reliever. James Karinchak, oh, man, guy is, uh, guy is a fireball pitcher, man. Love watching that guy. Uh, and the Indians have a lot of fun guys like that in their, in their bullpen. Like Emmanuel Class, if you've never seen that guy, or Clace, I don't know how to say his name, but... He throws a 102-mile-per-hour cutting fastball. It's absolutely sickening. So, I think I saw that on Pitching Ninja It's yesterday. disgusting. Um, so the, the Indians' uh, relievers will be fun to watch in general, but I think Karinchak is going to be the best uh, reliever. And then finally, uh, or actually, no, that's everything. Okay, go ahead. All right. And then AL for me, I am also going to go with the best player in baseball. It's going to be Trout for the MVP. Um, as good as Cole is, I could not pick him for the sigh. I just, I just don't see it happening. I think Lucas Giolito is going to end up taking an even, even bigger step forward this year and end up winning it. Um, everything I've seen out of Boston this year, Dahlbeck looks really promising to me and I think he will end up being the rookie of the year. And then like Joey said, me and him are in agreement with reliever of the year. I think it's going to be James Karinchak as well. Uh, me and Joey are in this fantasy league together. And like one of the stats we were arguing for is K per nine. And I'm pretty sure Karinchak was around like 16 and a half, yeah. if not 17. Yeah, it's high. So high. like the fact that this dude is like striking out like almost two dudes an inning, that's insane. And like, to have that in your pocket in the eighth and ninth like that's just legit so i want to see it happen yeah it'll be a lot of fun so anyways guys we've gone on for a while but i mean this was an awesome podcast i had a lot of fun recording it with you james 
Uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed listening yes, to great it. Time. Hopefully you guys enjoyed listening to it. And um, we will be back uh, probably like on a once a week schedule because uh, we're still figuring it out how we're going to like optimize our recording time. But we will be back with more podcasts. If you like it, let us know. Uh, we appreciate the feedback. And uh, yeah, James, if you have any closing words, go ahead, my man. No, I'm excited for the season and we will hopefully see you guys next week. All right, later.